Welcome to Sunrise, your weekday podcast bringing you a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture. Miami-Dade Public Schools is relaxing mask mandates as the state increases its threat. The mandatory mask protocol with medical accommodations as endorsed by medical entities will be relaxed. In the midst of Republican infighting, a Democrat comes to the defense of House Speaker Chris Sprouls. Somebody's got a crappy diaper that needs to be changed and Speaker Sprouls won't change it. Um, that's what's going on. It has nothing to do with Chris's political uh, uh, feathers and, and what color uh, you know, his plumage is. And calls continue to mount against the University of Florida administration's stance over a voting rights case, including a boycott over what's being described as the institution's benign racism. Not the same as actively trying to thwart black rights, but it's definitely being in league with those who are seeking to thwart those rights. And if that's going to be the position, then we don't need to be playing or attending your school. Today's Sunrise interview is with Chuck Hobbs, the publisher of the Observation Point newsletter. He issued an open letter to his alma mater, the University of Florida, calling on the administration to reverse what he calls its tone-deaf stance, barring its professors from testifying in a voting rights case, which challenges SB 90. We've got all that, including other top stories trending around the state and capital. Plus, we have your calendar of political events and so much more. But first, a word from our sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics. Following is a paid political advertisement paid for by Florida Education Champions. Online sports betting. It's legal and it's coming to Florida. With passage of our amendment next year, any tax revenues collected are required to supplement the Florida Educational Enhancement Trust Fund. Hundreds of millions of dollars in new revenue for students and teachers, with more choices and competition for Florida consumers. Be a champion today. Learn more and request your petition at floridaeducationchampions.com. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Tuesday, November 2nd. Today is National Deviled Egg Day and Traffic Directors Day. On this day in 1966, the Cuban Adjustment Act allowed 123,000 Cubans to apply for permanent residency in the U.S. Jimmy Carter, a recipient of the Nobel Prize for Peace in 2002 and Democratic former governor of Georgia, was elected 39th president of the United States on this day in 1976, narrowly defeating Republican Gerald R. Ford. And in 1982, Ronald Reagan signs a bill to create Martin Luther King Jr. Day, observed every year on the third Monday of January. House Minority Co-Leader Evan Jenny came to the defense of Republican House Speaker Chris Sprouse, who is continually being criticized by one of his own Republican representative, Anthony Sabatini, who frequently calls the speaker a rhino or Republican in name only. Um, Chris is a Republican. He always has been. I've known the man for almost a decade. Um, Look, I would love it if Chris started pursuing actual progressive policies, but uh, I think he would agree with me that that's probably not going to be what happens this session. Sabatini, a congressional candidate, is among the leading Sprouls critics. Tension between the pair reached a boiling point in September after Sprouls relocated the Lakeland County lawmaker to a basement office. You got a toddler in a crappy diaper um, trying to make a mess and trying to smear crap on the walls. That's what's going on here. I would remind you that the person that called Chris Sprouls that passed one bill in four years. 
we most of our freshman Democrats who have only been here for one year have 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 had that same output. People do things like this to cover up from the fact that they're not very good at their job. You can read more on that story on FloridaPolitics.com. Jerry's Partisan Pizza made its way to Florida's capital city. The pizza food truck actually delivered gerrymandered slices of real pizza for free. The stunt calls on lawmakers to handle redistricting in a bipartisan, fair, and transparent process. Joe Kaborek, senior campaign director with Represent Us, says their research shows when lawmakers are in charge of the redistricting process, it stands at increased risk of being drawn in favor of one political party over another. Kaborek says redistricting commissions are a better way to go. The politician passed maps. The average grade on those was a D. The average grade on the commission pass maps, again, places where politicians are removed from the process, the final say at least, average grade was a B plus. So we do see a real difference based on who's in charge of uh, and has the final say over those maps. House Democrats held a virtual press conference on Monday advocating for Florida's redistricting process to be more open and transparent. Here's what they had to say. First, you'll hear from Representative Kelly Skidmore ranking Democrat of the House Congressional Redistricting Subcommittee, then Representative Dan Daly, ranking member of the House Legislative Redistricting Subcommittee, Representative Joe Geller, ranking member on the House Redistricting Committee, and finally Evan Jenny, House Democratic co-leader. You uh, see that we are having a, um, a press conference via Zoom. Um, we have all learned that meetings can take place this way, I'm in uh, Palm Beach County, Rep. Geller is in Miami, Rep. Daly is in Tallahassee. There is no reason why we cannot, as a body, be able to provide this type of access to testimony and public hearing so the public has full participation in this process that only happens every 10 years. This is the public's opportunity to see, to, to draw back the curtain and see how the sausage is made uh, and how it will be decided in this state for the next 10 years. The public needs to be heard, not just because they can access a portal. Not everyone can do that. It does require a level of technical skill. We're talking simply about public testimony. Today, there is no need to travel the state to do that, like there was 10 years ago. Today, as today's press conference shows, this can be done by Zoom. We need to be able to hear from them. And while I may know where lines should probably go in order to keep communities together in Broward County, I'm not going to sit here and say that I know what's best for Jacksonville. I need to hear from the people of Jacksonville. I need to hear from the people of Tallahassee, Pensacola, Orlando, Tampa, everywhere in between, all the way down the Key West. So that was Representatives Kelly Skidmore, Dan Daly, Joe Geller and Evan Jenny. Miami-Dade County Public Schools is relaxing mask mandates for high school and middle school students in the district, citing low rates of COVID-19 infections and hospitalizations in the community. Superintendent Alberto Carvalho made this announcement Monday. Effective immediately for senior high and middle schools. The mandatory mask protocol with medical accommodations as endorsed by medical entities will be relaxed to a mandatory mask protocol with an unqualified, unlimited parent opt-out. The state of Florida mandated the parental opt-out at the start of the school year, but Miami-Dade, Broward County, public schools, and several other school districts defied that order. 
In our Sunrise interview today, we're joined by Chuck Hobbs, host of The Observation Point. Hobbs sent a letter to University of Florida President Kent Fox. People often confuse the pronunciation of Fox's name because it is spelled F-U-C-H-S. So just a heads up on that detail as you hear Hobbs' concern over the university's position to block three professors from testifying in a major voting rights case against the state. A coalition of voting rights organizations are suing Florida Secretary of State Laura Lee, claiming the new law, SB 90, which limits the ability to vote through a drop box or vote by mail, discriminates against voters of color and violates the Voting Rights Act. Chuck Hobbs, welcome to Sunrise. Looking at the University of Florida, they've been in the news a lot lately when it comes to the Surgeon General, Dr. Joseph Latipo, and now in this case dealing with SB 90, Florida's new voting law, and the university's position barring three professors from being expert witnesses in that case. There's been some changes over the weekend, but just the, their stance alone. You issued an open letter to the university. Tell us about it. Yes, uh, Tramel, thank you so much for having me on your platform. As we talk about when we get to see each other on these rare occasions, I think it's so important what you're doing uh, in the media and you know the things that I am trying to do because it's so critical to be able to have our voices uh, as Black men heard uh, in the mainstream. And with that, the leadership at the University of Florida, President Fuchs, uh, and other members of his leadership team and the Board of Trustees had some concerns that because SB 90 was pretty much the baby of Governor Ron DeSantis, our Republican governor, and because they, I don't know what the intent is behind their decision, but it seems as if they did not want to be in the crosshairs of this political hot potato uh, here in Tallahassee, where I reside, I, that just struck me as wrong. And it, and it struck me as wrong also, Brother Tramiel, is because as we talked about before we came on air, both of us, you know, having spent time at the University of Florida, attended University of Florida. What, one of the issues we have is that Florida, as the quote unquote flagship university here in the state of Florida, has a long and notorious history with regards to uh, raw and pure racism. Uh, it was the University of Florida, even more so than Florida State University, but Florida State also had its issues, too, during the Jim Crow era. But it was UF where you found the majority of the Supreme Court justices in Florida, the governors, all of the bigwigs in the 30s, 40s, and 50s that were against the civil rights movement uh, were UF graduates, pretty much, okay? The state senators, the, the federal senators, the congresspersons, all UF alums. And those are the ones who did not want Virgil Hawkins or any other Black person to attend the University of Florida back in the day. So it, it, it made me struggle a lot as I read that because we know that we want that past to 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 die out. We we want to believe that we have finally gotten to a point in the 21st century where blacks and other racial minorities can feel welcome on campus. We sure know that when you look at the Florida Gators football team, it's majority black. When you look at the basketball team, it is majority black. When you look at the baseball team, it has had black stars playing for it. Those are the three major revenue sports for the university, and everybody seems to love and pat them on the back. And yet here you have legislation that potentially could impact the parents, grandparents, and even the players themselves with regards to their voting rights being restricted. 
And here it is, UF taking a stance of we don't want our professors having anything to say about it. So I wrote that to President Fuchs and told him that until he reverses his position, and I mean full reverse, uh, that I can't, I no longer will be cheering for the Gators, but more importantly, I will be using my platform to advocate that none of us cheer for the Gators and that we prevent our children from attending UF, including our student athletes, to send a message that this type of benign racism, when I call it benign, it's not the same as actively trying to thwart black rights, but it's definitely being in league with those who are seeking to thwart those rights. And if that's going to be the position, then we don't need to be playing or attending your school. What I found striking on top of what you mentioned was the sense of how they were looking out for their own self-interest. That was the main point of like, <laughs> don't mess with anything that will disrupt the University of Florida. We work with this administration and we don't want to ruffle that in any way. So that was the takeaway in reading that statement. Did you find any relief at all that the university followed up and said that how well they can participate as long as they're not getting paid. You know what's interesting about that? That was one of those default kind of, I'm not going to admit that we were wrong, so we will try to find a compromise, but the compromise isn't enough. And, and I say that, Brother Tremel, because again, I can't tell you how many lawsuits where the firm I was working for or my own, we had to stroke those checks for two, three, four, five, six hundred dollars an hour for those UF professors to testify in our cases. And so if they can testify in those matters and make money, what is it about this matter that has you now saying that when they are on their own time, not on university time, but their own time, that they can't also testify in this one too? I still think that it stinks. And I think that the only result that would be satisfactory to me would be, you know what? These professors can go and testify as they would have been able to on any um, any number of other cases. The other major issue is like, you know, the First Amendment rights of these professors to be able to, you know, talk freely. This is an academic institution. You would expect them to be able to engage regardless of the impact to the university, unless it's something that's really detrimental. But maybe in this administration, <laughs> it could be really detrimental. And, 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 and Brother Tremel, that's a great point in that, you know, we've entered the what I call the silly season in our political uh, experiences where by there are vendettas that are held. There are maybe behind the scenes signals that are being sent, which is, hey, reel your people in, or you might find the going a little bit tough uh, next legislative session when you're here trying to get X number of millions of dollars for your budget. So, and, I, and I'm not saying that I know that to be true, but those are questions that we have to ask, which is, what is it about it that, that's giving problems? And Brother Tremel, one of the last things I wanted to say on that is, I'm talking pro et contra also. So if there are professors who are for SB 90. They should have the right to go and testify and say, I am for SB 90 for these reasons. And if there are UF professors who are against it, as these three uh, are or are going to provide contacts, I can't necessarily impute that they are against, but they are potentially going to provide context into what the detrimental impact of SB 90 is, they should be able to provide that testimony too. I'm, I am for both in academia and in the public square for individuals like us 
to have no impediments to being able to express what our true views are on the issues and controversies of our day. All right. Well, Chuck Hobbs, thank you so much for taking this time to speak with me and share your insight, your observation point here on Sunrise. Thank you so much, brother. I look forward to coming back again. Now here's your calendar of events. Polls will be open from 7 a.m. until 7 p.m. today for the special primary elections in Congressional District 20 in Broward and Palm Beach counties. The seat opened this year when U.S. Representative Alcee Hastings died. The special general election will be held January 11th. Basketball legend Magic Johnson and Department of Children and Families Secretary Siobhan Harris will take part in a discussion about mental health in children and teens. That's at 1030 at the Old Capitol. The Senate Commerce and Tourism Committee will take up a proposal filed by Chairman Ed Hooper that would authorize the operation of Visit Florida until October 1st, 2031, instead of October 1st, 2023. The Senate Education Committee will take up a proposal filed by Senator Manny Diaz that would require the governor to proclaim each November 7th as Victims of Communism Day, which would be observed in public schools. And the House Redistricting Committee will receive a presentation about redistricting law at 4. Beyond the Capitol, the Florida Public Service Commission will hold a regular meeting followed by a meeting on a Duke Energy Florida rate mitigation agreement and a hearing on issues such as fuel and environmental costs for 2022. Finally, as you jumpstart your day, thanks for tuning in for today's Sunrise. I'm Tremel Gomes inviting you to join us again tomorrow for a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture.